Welcome to the old school meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, which features speakers with long-term abstinence. This meeting was born online, and it's going to stay that way. That means you can attend live on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 Pacific if you'd like to. Go to the Los Angeles Intergroup's webpage at oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. Now it is the time for me to share my experience, strength, and hope of what it was like, what happened, what it's like now. Um, I'll start by saying I'm Jessica. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, hello, my fellow OA friends in LA and everywhere, wherever you're from. Um, greetings from New York. Uh, thank you, Stacy, very much for inviting me to share. And thank you to the LA Intergroup for having this meeting. Um, I went to an in-person uh, workshop last year that the LA Intergroup hosted, and it was great. Um, and LA is the birthplace of OA, so it always holds a very special place in my heart. Um, I'm a little nervous. You'll see I've been coming to OA for over 30 years, so I don't know why I'm nervous, but maybe because OA is the birthplace of, of LA is the birthplace, I'm a little nervous, so I just want to say that. But, and I want to say first that everything I say here is based on my experience and does not represent Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. Um, I'll start by showing you my 27-year token, which I just got, and I am just so, so grateful for because I owe it to you and to Overeaters Anonymous and to the people in OA all over the world. Uh, it was not easy to obtain. You'll hear my story. Um, but I came to OA 32 years ago. This is a 27-year token, so we can do the math. Um, but really, I was in the womb when I came to OA. No, 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 not just kidding. Um, I wasn't, seriously. But I, I never left OA since I came. And that means I came to OA when I was eating before meetings, came to OA when I was meeting after meetings, came to OA when I was thinking of food during meetings. That's like my, my story. Um, I just kept coming. And so that's really one of the messages I hope to pass on. Do not quit before the miracle happens. And it is never too late for the miracle. I truly, truly believe that. I'm going to start by going back a little bit. I believe I was born a compulsive overeater. That's my opinion, not the opinion of OA. But I say that because even before I knew the word for food, I had a problem with it. My doctor, who, by the way, was named Dr. Hershey, no joke. He um, literally, that is Scout's honor, he had to intervene twice in my eating before I turned two because the first time I tripled my weight at three months and he had to tell my mom to stop breastfeeding. And the second time I turned a yellowish orange because I ate so many carrots. Um, I didn't walk till I was 18 months because I was so topsy-turvy and kept falling over. And my mom's friends used to ask her if I was lifting because I had these pockets of fat that looked like muscle. Um, so it's, uh, I should say my first word was food, but that's not true, but really my doctor was Dr. Hershey. Um, okay. I just think that is so funny, seriously, but I loved food from the get-go. I mean, I had my first binge. I remember my first binge at four. I went to my friend's house to sleep over. I ate four bowls of sugar cereal and apparently spent the evening throwing up. And as a child, I loved to go to grandma's house because we baked together and cooked and talked about food. We were making all the characters from Strawberry Shortcake. Um, and we got to eat out when I went to my grandparents' house sometimes too. I loved eating out. Um, one time when, when uh, my cousin was at grandma's house, I hid a whole box of something in her tub because I wasn't going to share it. 
So, you know, I, I started young and I come by it honestly. Um, my brothers used to call me gross because I would like swipe the chicken grease when my mom wasn't looking. And um, I just I just had a love affair with food. And that was before it became a, an abusive boyfriend. Um, and I loved when we had like assemblies at school or something, because then we would go out after and I would always have my uh, way too big for a child dessert at this certain restaurant. Um, but that's what I call like the, the innocent or early years of my illness. Uh, it, it became a problem as a teen and it was a problem. Um, I went to a school with many thin girls. I was not thin and I felt left out. Um, I wanted to be thin and I also still love food. So that was a problem. Um, but the, and the food and the compulsive overeating one, uh, in my freshman year, like the, the boys wrote a joke about my weight in their locker room. And I was just totally crushed. Um, always a sensitive one. <laughs> and around that same time, my best friend's dad told me to like move my fat arse. And I was frequently told that I was a big boned girl to try to like make me feel better. Um, but I, after all that, especially seeing like all of the, a lot of the other girls, almost all of them seemed to be thin. So I was like, decided to go on a diet and that was not my first diet, but that was a very serious diet. Um, and the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, talks about a period of controlled drinking and the summer after my freshman year of high school was my one successful period of controlled eating. I ate smaller meals, exercised daily, and I lost over 40 pounds. When I returned to school, I got lots of compliments and some people even thought I lost too much weight. I loved being thin and I loved the attention that it gave me, but the problem was that I still also loved food. So I started eating the industrial size bars of this and the whole boxes of this and the jars of this again. And my period of controlled eating lasted not three months um, before I started to eat compulsively again. But I always hold on to it because I'm very proud of those three months, even though they were like very long ago. Um, so then once I started eating again, I would, I would seriously like jump on the scale like 10 times a day, no joke. And, um, you know, I was terrified that the number would go up and it did. Um, but that year I discovered laxatives to help with weight. And I quickly progressed from taking one pill a day to taking one box a day. I hope none of you have abused laxatives, but if you have, you surely know the feeling of hopelessness and powerlessness that they can bring because when it's time to go, it's time to go. And the chemistry or biology 12, 12 or physiology. Minutes 12 minutes left. Okay, thank you. Takes over and it doesn't respect my time frame. So I had a lot of disasters with laxatives. Um, and I don't mean I won't get specific or gross, but I think it is important to acknowledge like how serious this illness can be. Um, and I thought I thought I hid my eating disorder from others. But one time a girl came to my room and she asked me for laxative. I was like, what? I couldn't believe that she knew like that, you know, I was doing this. Um, and I use exercise to try to control my weight too. I would exercise sometimes six times a day. It was crazy. I was going to school and then doing that. Um, I, I desperately tried to diet during this time, but like my eating and dieting cycle, it got so bad that by the time I was 16, I could not even go three days. I finally said, forget it. I'll just eat whatever. And, but then I was miserable because I was heavier. Um, by the time I did get abstinent, I counted, you know, 300 pounds of lost weight, um, between all the yo-yo dieting and binging. 
Um, by, by today's DSM standards, I would be considered as having binge eating disorder, though the term did not exist when I came to OA in 1991. Uh, what also didn't exist was all this great OA literature. Um, there was only the big book, the AA 12 and 12, the Brown book for today, and the, the 12 steps of OA existed, but not the 12 and 12. It had not yet been approved. Um, there is so much great OA literature today. Still, when I sponsor, I keep it pretty simple. I use the big book, um, the AA and OA 12 and 12s. I just try to pass on what I was given. Um, back to my story though. So I went to my first OA meeting when I was 17. It was at a treatment center. They asked me, oh my God, I'll never forget. They asked me if I was the speaker and I laughed because I thought, no, I'm the one binging in the car. And I ended up becoming a patient at that treatment center six months later. I spent the following years in five treatment places, well, between treatment centers and recovery homes. Uh, it was two treatment centers and three long stints in recovery homes. And the recovery home and OA literally saved my life. Well, I should say OA saved my life. The recovery home used OA principles that we don't affiliate with anything. Um, but I... And because the recovery home, like I would be eating sometimes when I was like, the first time I was in there, I was eating halfway through it. She told my, my counselor told me not to do this, this, and this with food. And I did this, this, and this with food and more because I'm powerless over food. And anyways, um, but the recovery home, unfortunately it ceased to exist, but OA has never closed its doors on me. So for my first five years of OA, I had intermittent periods of abstinence, going into treatment centers, recovery homes. I did stop using laxatives shortly after I came to OA. And I remember I found like, I was going through my closet like a year or two later and I found like laxatives and I was like, oh my God. Like, it was like, I had a denial. Don't even know I am lying, like disconnect from like who I was and what I was doing. Um, but even though I stopped using the laxatives, every time when I had a binge, it showed to me what they were telling me in OA that this disease progresses. And shortly after I started OA, I went abroad for a summer because I literally thought, I love language and culture, but I literally thought that if I ate azúcar in Spain, it would have a different effect than sugar in the United States. Now, sugar, azúcar, it's the same thing, Jessica. And in the end, Tony El Tigre in the cereal that they sell over there had the same effect that he had over here in the United States. Um, I also, I had my first, I had my first like date and dating experience in, um, in Spain. And I swear to God, no joke. I met him at Burger King. Um, I, I have like all these food things in my life, starting with Dr. Hershey. Um, anyways, um, but it was in Spain, incidentally, I had some of my, the worst of my eating and I met someone I had been living uh, later in the South of Spain. And I had to go up to Madrid because I knew they had OA meetings and I went to Madrid and I, I met a woman up there and um, she told me, can you believe she told me that she thought that my problems were more than OA could solve. And I needed more extra outside help. I was like, who does she think she is talking to? So I'd like set out on this trip all across Europe. It was supposed to be eight weeks and it ended up being two and a half because I started binging in France. Then it went to Italy. Then it went to Greece. It was a nightmare. Um, anyways, that's how I got to San Diego uh, from 
uh, I got there from Spain, even though I lived in New York and Connecticut. Wow. Logical, right? Just like my eating disorder. <laughs> um, I have learned to suspend logic here, but I'm just going to sum up the next five years, those first five years in OA, like they're really of a basic progressed compulsive overeating disease or career as the big book says, how many of us have more than one career? And I tried to, you know, I tried to diet and control my eating. I failed. I overexercised. I binged more. I left school. I went to a treatment center. I got some abstinence. Then the whole cycle started again. Um, it really, I picked up other addictions. Um, and I even, I did the steps to the best of my ability. But what I learned um, was when I binged sometimes still after, I learned that really the only one I, 12 Six yeah, yeah. The only one I could do perfectly is one. And the longest 18 inches in this life are from here to here, from the head to the heart. Um, my last binge was on December 21st, 1995. As I had done many times, once again, I was going from school in Connecticut to the recovery home in California. I had a long layover in different airports and I ate 10 meals. I was scared though, because the progression of the disease had really scared me at this point. So when I, I got to the recovery home, I did the steps like there was no tomorrow, like someone who was dying, which is fair because I was. Um, and I had other people tell me that later too. The woman in Madrid told me that and her sponsor who was in San Diego told me that. Anyways, returning to my little saga, which is like so far the first half of Bill's story, the decline. Um, you know, so I went back to the home. I really worked the steps really hard. Um, and something happened. I wrote a fourth step that was like this long. I mean, at this time I'm like 20, 20, 21 years old. And I swear to God, I got everything out of it from when I was like a young child through and we were eating at the recovery home and they were passing around a certain food and I had no interest. I swear to God, like it was the most amazing thing to me. And that's when I started to think, whoa, these steps really work when I really work them. Um, and so the process of doing the steps really changed me. I mean, when I had been in high school, I, you know, I was with a lot of um, wealthy people and I had a scholarship at this high school. And so, and I had stolen a lot of things because I wanted to like be part of and fit in. And so I went back to these people and I apologized. I told them what I did. I, I apologized and I offered to make any kind of restitution that I could. And that process, it really changed me. I learned to respect and value people in a way I hadn't before. People's well being and their inner lives became more important to me. I learned to listen to others. That was amazing. I'm from New York. I knew how to talk, how to interrupt, and how to think about what I was going to say when you were talking. So, learning to listen, which you can't tell I know how to do now, was really a big, a big deal. Um, but I've learned this all from people in, in OA, and you guys are definitely my teachers. But so I was able to finish college. That was a big deal, having dropped out several times. And my last year of college was really great because I like I was a part of life, as Bill Wilson said. Like I just really felt like I fit in, um, and I'm just always very grateful for that. I consider OA like a bridge to life, and life is not easy, but at least with OA I get to participate, and I have some nice, really nice times. Um, in recovery, I got to go back abroad after swearing that I would give that up. I thought I would give it up to, to stay abstinent, but I did. I got the first place I went was Spain where I had such really bad eating. And it was like an amends to myself to go back there and to be abstinent. And I sponsored women. It was comedores compulsivos anonymos. And I'm a comedora compulsiva. 
And it was really, really special um, to be able to do that for myself. Um, and I studied language and culture. So then I went to Italy and it was uh, mangiatori anonimi and I'm a mangiatrice compulsiva. And I went to OA there and I, I sponsored there. I even sponsored a doctor. I'm like, what am I doing sponsoring a doctor? And my sponsor said, you're sharing your experience, strength and hope. That's what you're doing. Um, anyways, um, and it was funny. I lived in Bologna. That's like another food type mortadella. And uh, it was just uh, pretty, pretty funny. I just have these food things in my life. I currently live in Brussels, like another food thing as in Brussels sprouts. Anyways, I also, then I went and I lived in France. You know, I had spent so much of my younger years in, um, in like treatment centers and recovery homes that I really wanted to go out. And I, I do love like culture and, and language and stuff. So I, I lived in, in France for three years. And in France, it was interesting. This was the first place I ever lived without OA. Everywhere I went, I, I, I went to big cities because they had Overeaters Anonymous, whatever it was called. And in, in France for six weeks, I went to Poitiers, which is a city that did not have Overeaters Anonymous. It had other 12-step meetings, which I went to. But uh, the agreement with myself is on the weekends, I went two and a half hours each way by train to Paris, where they had Overeaters Anonymous meetings, because I cannot live without you. Um, and I really, really mean that. Um, you know, I also, I lived in Argentina for a while. Uh, I still semi-sponsor a woman there. Um, I've I've sponsored over 50 women over the years um, from 15 countries, even like Saudi Arabia and Israel and Ecuador. And it's it's pretty cool. I've, I've really had, God has given me real gifts in this program because um, I do love those things like culture and stuff. Um, and I've gotten to travel, which was a gift of my, you know, eating, uh, eating my recovery, which and I've gotten to travel to a lot of places and to go to 12-step meetings. I've gone to OA meetings in um, 24 countries, and I've gone to 12-step meetings in 54 countries. Um, and I just, it is such a, a gift, but you know, these are my dreams and my dreams are not necessarily your dreams. We're all different, you know, and I always say that, like try to say that to my sponsees, like we do the steps for you to become you, not for you to become me. And um, so, this is what like what worked for me. I am still today, I'm a still big meeting girl. I, I live in Belgium. I go to, we have two to three meetings a week, two in French, one in English in Brussels. Um, and I need that. And I've learned from doing the, the steps that meetings are very, one of the most important tools for me. Again, it might be different for you. There's nine tools and we, you know, we use which ones we need at different times. And I've learned that different people are different. Thank you. Gentle um, time. Oh, thank you. So that's it. I just want to thank Stacy again and thank um, the LA Intergroup for having this meeting and having me share. Uh, and I just want to, to the world out there of all the people in OA who've helped me and my awesome sponsors, <laughs> um, I'm just very grateful. So thank you very much that I no longer have to be alone. <laughs>